welcome to KFAB, the podcast. It's a podcast about wrestling and fashion. But mostly fashion. I'm Sarah. I'm Christina. And I'm Katie. Goodness gracious. What a day. <laughs> what a day. We've what made a- it to episode 24. So oh. exciting. Wow. That's our, a lot of episodes. Man, our our podcast is two years out of college. Mm-hmm. Really confused. Working customer service somewhere for sure. Yeah. Borrowing their dad's car for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Still able to be on that, that parental insurance. Yeah. Ooh, wow. It's kind of a good spot, I've got to say. Yeah. Yeah. Probably going to take their first trip by themselves. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Maybe yeah. open been a really expensive credit card you know and like oh, just put a lot of stuff on it yeah, yeah. oh yeah 26 percent interest rate that yep. type of thing mm-hmm. 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 wow those wow. were the days <laughs> hey i'm still living it baby <laughs> <laughs> anyway so we're very happy that you guys have tuned in um oh just yeah so we're new wrestling fans mm-hmm. um if you haven't listened to the podcast before so this is kind of our foray into learning about wrestling but now we know all these terms and stuff so i feel like it's kind of fallen by the wayside a little bit but just in case we have our producer mike who is a lifelong wrestling fan and he will occasionally pipe in with some information if we are confused by something or need some clarification or want to know like i don't know background say information hey. so say hello please uh hello all right, great. Hi, Mike. Hey, Mike. Hi, how are you? Uh, pleasure to make your acquaintance listening audience. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. So uh, meek, so sweet. It's just just a delight. And you know what else is a delight, guys? We actually went on a field trip yeah, as a did. podcast this week. We did. We didn't take a yellow bus. Nope. We just took our separate cars. <laughs> <laughs> so we just drove. Uh, some of us carpooled. Um, but we went to the Arclay Hollywood, and we saw a screening of the WWE production, Fighting With My Family. Family. Field trips, yellow yeah. buses. I know why you made a joke. I'm silently laughing because. Oh yeah, Christina's like losing her mind at Katie's joke right now. Only because it, it felt so half. <laughs> it was so it was just so funny. It was just like, okay, yep, and there we go. Okay. Right. Um. Anyway, so we saw. Uh, fighting with my family, which, if you don't know, is the movie about Paige's life mm-hmm. fighting with her family and yes. the road to WWE. Pre all pre injury, no injury was seen in film. No, although they did joke about it, yeah. they certainly did. Mm-hmm. Um, no drama, no uh, maybe like you know temporary like not being part of WWE for a little bit. None mm-hmm. of the real things, you the had, juicy stuff. Yeah, definitely no Alberto Del Rio yeah. engagement happening in this movie. Mm-mm. I don't know what that is. Oh, they were the messiest couple in the world. Oh, okay. Cool. Well, I think, so Katie laughed. I'm just going to read what Mike wrote because it's good. Katie laughed, Street Team Kyle cried, and Christina fell in love with Paige's real-life brother, Zach, which is true. 100% true. So afterwards, so we saw the screening, and then afterwards, Paige was there, complete with Vince Vaughn. Mm -hmm. What a pro. What a pro. (laughs) He moderated the whole thing, even though he wasn't the moderator. No, he was not supposed to moderate it, but you could tell that he was like, this guy is going off the rails and doesn't know what to do. The moderator was the guy who was on gas station TV Yes. If you're ever pumping gas and there's like a man with gray hair telling you about movies, that's the guy who was supposed to be moderating this panel. And his microphone wasn't really working. 
and he was asking really bizarre questions to the point where he just stopped talking and Vince Vaughn said is that a question yep a it's like he's never seen wrestling before it was amazing uh we really liked it Vince Vaughn quoted his character in the movie during the discussion Mm -hmm. yeah he did Uh, I called it soap opera and spandex and Mm -hmm. everyone was like oh wow that was a line from the movie that was a line from the movie um but I do like that line from the movie though I think that's a great way of explaining Mm -hmm. why we like it specifically Mm -hmm. um but oh and her brother Zach was there yeah he was perfect he was so sweet and he just basically talked about how his portrayal in the film was spot on and it made and he was kind of going through a rough patch when he first saw the cut of the movie and it reminded him of why he does what he does and like it just it was great it just like meant a lot to him and then he talked about how he was jealous he was jealous of Paige and how but he also felt very successful because he works with underprivileged and like handicapped children and teaches them how to wrestle which is pretty cool yeah yeah he seemed really lovely I love him uh the movie itself I'd say um I I think we're all fairly lukewarm on it yeah yeah, there was some (laughs) very funny parts in it there were some really weird choices in it. The movie definitely, <laughs> what? Yeah, 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 like it soft pedals everything mm-hmm. in a way that's like you know where that's coming from. It's coming from the WWE, but it has this like weird passivity to how it <laughs> describes its plot points. It's like yeah. has Paige like show up and judge the other women who are training with her because they're all models. cheerleaders and models, and she make some jokes about how there's like oh it's all models and bikinis but then the movie sort of takes the side that like yeah she's right that is messed up and kind of like says it's like women's fault for being underwear models wrestling which is yeah. a really yeah. weird way of and like, for having to wear bikinis and maybe they're valets for what like 20 years yeah, yeah. it puts the onus on the women being the reason why yeah. yeah and completely removes any and all corporate sponsorship but then it also makes a point to shame Paige for having that perspective because there's several scenes of the women like whispering and looking at her and she's like oh no I'm so insecure in myself and Uh, she goes to like talk about yeah she goes to talk about them on the bus because all these blonde women are like whispering and looking at her and she's like stop talking about me if you talk about me again I'll knock you out and this woman goes I wasn't talking about you I was talking about her and like pulls up this picture on her cell phone of a little girl who looks unwell yeah she does (laughs) yeah it was uh what's the little girl in uh Les Miserables Fantine uh, is uh, Eponine is the little yes. castle in a cloud yeah. girl. <laughs> yeah, it's that little girl. Yeah, basically. Yep. And they're just like, I'm a mother. I do this to give my daughter a better life. So they're like, don't you feel dumb, Paige? Yeah, yeah. it was very strange. Yeah. The, it was very, very strange. Uh, from top to bottom, it was super uneven. You can't, you, it seemed like because Stephen Merchant wrote and directed it. And he was great, and you could tell what parts he wrote and what parts we think that the WWE had, like, serious control over. Yeah, like the quirky British humor. You're like, okay, that's Stephen Merchant. And then yeah. it's like, you've got to fight for your dreams. You're like, mm, okay, that's the also, rock yeah, in WWE. It, just, it felt like, I mean, my biggest concern with it was that paid, the film seemed like it was just treading water yep. the whole mm-hmm. time. Because we all know that she's going to make it. We all know that she's going to be a big star. Everyone who sees the movie knows what the end game is. But it's not like that different of a story. Uh, like 
past the family. Yeah. So like the whole second act is just basically like her training and stuff, but it's like we know she's not going to quit and we know so like there's no tension and there's mm-hmm. no stakes there. Yeah. It's it just doesn't make any sense. And then they don't show the reward of it either. Yeah, yeah. and we don't get to see the reward. And it's that's what's super frustrating. And also as Mike pointed out, he was like she's really good on mic and she kept like not being able to talk in the microphone. Yeah, they wanted. Which I to don't f- know if that's true. Oh, but it I don't think it was because the, the, the movie also shortened the timeline in a, in a way to make for a better dramatic arc. Mm-hmm. But it kind of glossed over the fact that she had been wrestling in NXT for quite some time before yeah. she got called up to the main roster, and she came in with a really fully formed character and was very good on the mic. Like she didn't have. Yeah. That's Those why they moments. would let her win the Divas Championship. Yeah, off because the she was bad. Instead why of else like would they let her randomly do that? just training and still in tryouts, which yeah. they make the movie. She's in tryouts. Yeah. For the whole movie. The whole fucking movie. Yeah. She's just crawling under shit on sand. Yep. The thing that I love the most is like they make it very clear that this is like a, a, a fixed sport you know uh-huh. what I mean where they're training for their yeah. spots the entire time but when she gets to the main roster they she's got to she's got to fight for real you know yeah, what I mean like they, they really the try to outcome, make they're like good so luck so funny because like in and then even in the Q&A Paige is like oh yeah like that that actually is how I found out like The Rock did call me up and like told me you're debuting tomorrow night and you're gonna win the title and it's like yeah of course they tell you the outcome of it beforehand and it's so weird that that's the part they just didn't put in the movie so there would be yeah dramatic tension but again it's like who is this movie for I do think it has the potential to appeal to people who aren't Mm-hmm. who don't know about wrestling because it makes a point to like explain it I, th- I think in like pretty good welcoming terms like terms I got better than yeah uh, I think even like watching wrestling I feel like has explained it to me mm-hmm. but it's I don't know how many of those people are going to seek out this movie and they're the only ones who would not catch that at the end yeah. I think so it's really weird that it like it was very bizarre and, yeah. then, and then in the back of my mind I wanted to be like oh yeah well Paige's story like this is really interesting for like you know little girls who are coming up and all that stuff but it's also it's kind of like I don't, I don't know if you like that's not the most empowering thing no like like parts of it are you're like oh great this woman you know she did it on her own in a way with her family but still she worked and made it happen but it's also like I don't know if it's the most like superhero story that they told which I think her story is really interesting and it's very badass but the way that they showed it is not so much yeah I just think that the pacing of it and the the timeline they chose to show mm-hmm. made no sense because it was like you should either move it earlier or later like yeah. Yeah. the end of the film could easily be her doing that tryout with her brother and I mean we lose the brother arc there which is a good part of the movie but it also was very it much like so much of it it took up a lot of a film that is supposed like, to be how about how many her? times did we need a baby crying yeah. you know like that Zach was yeah. not with his ignoring his baby yeah. and like look I love him and I think he's great and his story was super fascinating yeah. but it that was the moment that it became very apparent to me that a man had written and directed it yeah. was how focused on the brother's story it was to I think the detriment of the page storyline. Yeah. Anyway. Well, so that's our quote unquote mini review. Yeah. <laughs> but we should mention that that kind of energy 
carried over into the Q&A afterwards. Oh, my baby. Because for some reason, gas station TV decided to open it up to the audience, which is never a good idea. But especially when your entire audience is wrestling fans who are doing the Ric Flair woo the whole movie. Yeah. And now they're seeing Paige and they all want to ask how they can. so hot. She's beautiful. She's a radiant angel. She looked great. I was worried about her the whole time. Seriously, because like all these dudes were just standing up and being like, how can I make it in the WWE? No, the the best. Yeah. Mr. Fedora. This tiny. No, it was a cowboy hat. Oh, it was a cowboy hat. This tiny man in a cowboy hat was like, how can I be in the WWE? And it's like, I don't know. Start wrestling. That was the first question. That was the first question. Yeah. And then. And then one guy was like, how can I get my great story told? My story is so good. So it basically was just like, how do I make movie? It's like, this isn't yeah. fucking Google. My story's amazing. How do I tell it? <laughs> like, yeah. And then someone listing off like, thank you for pulling in the women's revolution with Ronda Rousey. And, and just like these weird, it was a weird enunciation pattern. Oh my God. And the- Charlotte Flair. And she's like, okay. Oh, Okay, well, it wasn't like just me, yeah. and then like gives credit where credit is due, etc. Um, but it was just like all these people who were completely insane. It's just you don't open a Q and A to the audience. Never, you just don't. Do I they have, never do that. Have you ever seen it? No, they do a lot at those ArcLight Q and As, and I think it is a mistake every single time. Yeah. I, th- we forgot to mention the wrestling match that happened before they oh, came out. That was maybe oh, actually, the best that was part great. Of the that was my experience. favorite thing. Yeah. Uh, where two ArcLight employees basically just had a fake little tussle and it was awesome and hilarious. They're so great. I, and the this, others came out as refs and mm-hmm. did y'all did y'all see the belt? Yes. I love them. They're the, so great. Yeah. Yeah. The fabric belt. Real props to the Arclight staff because they're always delightful yeah. and one of the men who was in that little fake wrestling match I have seen like do the little spiel at the start of the movies multiple times there and he's always like the most charming. He always does something really funny. He came out and did a bunch of backflips before I saw Creed 2 and it was like Whoa. amazing. Yeah, he's great. So I wish... I wish I knew his name because Mm -hmm. I'm just such a fan. (laughs) Very fair. It was great. Um, Oh, I do want to say also, though, Paige did handle all of those questions with like such grace. Yes, she did. It was like truly incredible. She is a she's a consummate professional. And so is Vince Vaughn. I was very anti Vince Vaughn. And God damn it. He won me over by doing that panel very well. I love Vince Vaughn and I always will. And I talked about this with Mike for a while. I won't always. I don't know what he's done, but (laughs) he seems like a nice guy. And because he's from Chicago, we know that he tips like 50% on all of his bar tabs and bills. It's like a very common thing to know that. And he was just like total pro handled everything yep moderated got them, got them the fuck out of there <laughs> he With literally in yeah. arm in arm yeah he was wrapped like, up come on tiny what i mean no, like look she's a wrestler like, she's yeah. fine but he's also like six six yeah and like holding her and they're leaving i really did admire that a lot because those, those dudes were a crowd in so yeah, he got her out of there he knew appropriately and she looked medium scared <laughs> like yeah when, when they were leaving because we were like oh we should get a picture for the pod yeah. anyway yeah we've talked too long about this maybe yeah well all of which is it was to a say, great experience yeah i think it's definitely worth seeing if you're at all interested which i assume you are if you're listening you should you should go see it it's a fun movie it's a crowd pleasing movie yeah um yeah. yeah and i do think 
every actor in it does a pretty good job. Vince yeah. Vaughn says some stuff that's very stupid, but it's not his fault. Yeah. No. <laughs> some inappropriate it's just sayings and words in yeah, it. So yeah. you're like, okay, great. Boop. What? Yeah. Oh, well. Yep. Good job, Paige. I'm glad your story's getting out there. All right. Me so too. actually in the movie, um, at the end, they show when um, Paige wins the WWE Divas Championship belt mm-hmm. against... Who I'm talking about today, AJ Lee. I'm so excited to learn more about her. Yeah. Um, April Jeanette Mendez was born March 9th, 1987. Oh, so that's a Pisces? I think so. I think so. Pisces? She's my age. Yay. 90% sure. So her brother's interest in world wrestling entertainment influenced her to become a professional wrestler with inspiration from WWE's uh, wrestler Lita. Oh, she's crying. Yes. So she submitted her ambition at 12 years old. Um, so this is a photo of her meeting Lita. Oh, this gif. And she's crying. Is that not the cutest thing of all she's time? She's so sweet. Oh, so cute. Yeah. So in 2005, Mendez graduated from high school in New Jersey and then she attended Tisch. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. But she had to drop out due to financial issues. Um, afterwards, she started working full time to afford wrestling training. Mm-hmm. And as an homage to her brother, who was wrestling who was in the US Army she wore camouflage as her wrestling attire cool so this is when she started in 2007 she enrolled in wrestling school close to her home where she trained with Jay Lethal these are actually not considering I don't like camo I don't mind this look no she's wearing like cute athleisure yeah it looks like something I'd see at Runyon it works the top I like um, so she uh, joined the New Jersey-based promotion uh, Women's Superstar Uncensored mm-hmm. in 2008. And after April, formed a tag team with Brooke Carter, who together captured the WSU Tag Team Championship in February 2009. Mm-hmm. She also won the annual WSU National Wrestling Superstar King and Queen of the Ring tournament alongside Jay Lethal two months later. This is it. Oh, my good oh, so she's, yeah. she's like wrestling Barbie. Yep. Mm. And then in May, she left WSU upon signing with WWE and relinquished her championship. So in this photo, she's wearing a tiara mm-hmm. and she's wearing like pink polka dot booty shorts and a pink sports bra. Mm-hmm. And so they won and apparently got received tiaras and crowns afterwards. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, on. honestly... I would wrestle for a tiara. That sounds fun. Yeah. But I'd also maybe just buy one. Yeah, before I, would I think so too. One. Yeah. <laughs> um, they had tiaras at the Casey Musgraves concert the they other did. night too. And it was pretty great. It was so cute. Um, so then, um, so Mendez paid $1,500 to attend a WWE tryout camp in 2009 <laughs> where she signed a contract. Oh shit. That's all it takes. Tell that fucking guy in the cowboy hat. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> She reported, uh, she reported to the FCW and debuted under the ring name April Lee at a house show in late July. And so actually one of the reasons she uh, chose April Lee is Lee is um, a character from one of her favorite cartoons and she's like a nerdy girl. Oh. So what that's car- what, you know? um, I forget what it is. I have it in one of the slides. Hmm. Um, but 
Um, shortly thereafter, her name was changed to AJ Lee. Mm-hmm. And in February 2010, AJ defeated Serena Mancini to win the Queen of SCW Championship. A few months later, AJ was eliminated from the tournament that determined the inaugural FCW Divas Championship. Mm. Then she engaged in a feud with Naomi Knight, oh. and her character became a heel. And in November, AJ lost the Queen of SCW title to Rosa Mendez. Mm. AJ then defeated Naomi for the FCW Divas Championship in December, which made her the first to win both titles available to FCW's female wrestlers. Oh, cool. And she held the championship until she lost to Oksana. Mm. And while in FCW, Mendez took part in the third season of NXT, which was a reality show about them competing, basically. Was that the one that... um uh, Velveteen Dream was on? No, that's Tough Enough, which uh, uh, my wrestler came up through. Oh, oh yeah. Nice. <laughs> um, so six female participants from FCW competed to be WWE's next breakout star. Mm. Primo was assigned as her WWE pro. This is where it gets very interesting. The role of her mentor in the storyline. And she performed as a face on the show. And WWE adapted her nerd fandom to her character. And throughout the season, she and Primo had tension. And at the end, ultimately kissed on the finale of the show. Was that a storyline? It was a story line that they were like kind of liking each other and that it was her mentor that she fell in love with okay but uh, was it like so but it was a story it wasn't real yeah okay it was, cool, cool, it was cool. not real yeah um she also developed an on-screen friendship with her fellow competitor caitlin mm-hmm. and on november 23rd aj was eliminated in the third place mm. can we talk about these these yeah. beauty shorts mm-hmm. and how i like them yeah they're and really how cute. i can't stop looking at her legs yeah her thighs are remarkable yeah you know why they're not too skinny and they're not like crazy muscular they're just great they're legs tones i also feel like she's just like she looks very welcoming like she looks like really nice she does look really nice. she's definitely like a girl next door in these yeah. pictures yeah. she's got that very like wholesome like she's super beautiful mm-hmm. but she doesn't look like of someone that you would never see yeah. in real life. She's wearing, yeah, you're right. I think Runyon Canyon is a good yes. call yeah. because it's like, they're not too short. They're no. not like ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And they're just, she's wearing like a sporty top. Those are like running shorts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like this Yeah, look. I really like her look. And it's also like when she wears, as you'll see, as she gets like, changes a little bit mm. it gets more punk but it's still like it's really cohesive and it looks really good mm-hmm. cool so after she was eliminated aj made her main roster debut um in 2011 episode of smackdown as part of a tag team with caitlin referring to themselves as the chick busters chick <laughs> well, why yep, <laughs> yep. What, ha- so what happened here? A tag team consisting of them, both working in WWE, um, and they were both part of the NXT, as we knew. And uh-huh. um, so Kaylin and AJ appear as entertaining and fun-loving divas, having their own handshake, playing paper, rock, scissors, and Caitlyn doing her signature dance moves, such as the robot and the running man, where AJ describes herself as a geek who loves action movies, comic books, and video games. I like this. I mean, I know what it's playing on, but yeah, fine. But it seems really fun. It seems like the type of like goofy, fun thing that like the Iconics are doing right yeah. now, for mm. example. And I always like it when they can be silly as a tag team. Yeah, I do want to say this photo you pulled. I of, had to of these two women in their pajamas with a polar bears, ton of Teddy polar bears, bears. Yeah, just a fuck ton of polar bears. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, that's absurd. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's like some like sexy sleepover. Oh, absolutely. Because we all do pillow fights. I love a pillow fight. Yeah. You know what? I got to say, I know other people have made this joke in various iterations, but women sleep in large, stained, giant t-shirts <laughs> they no, got they for free or just naked. And it's definitely not like yeah. cute, matching, like fun sets. Like no way. Adult films and like teen movies. No one dresses my, like that. I will say I got my first matching set of pajamas like last year and every time I wear it I feel like a damn adult but it's so cold in LA right now that I'm wearing a sweatshirt over my matching pajamas yeah. yep. as well as leggings underneath them mm-hmm. with socks yep. <laughs> and a hat to sleep in like I'm Scrooge. I'm oh, not yeah. kidding. I, I just got in a hat. It's making my forehead break out. I love it. <laughs> it's so cold. <laughs> oh my god. I just got like period stained PJ pants that I wear and they're just there and I'm not changing it because they're nope. comfy as hell. Oh my god. Yep. Mm-hmm. So fuck you, you sleepovers. You don't have to anything. <laughs> I would never anyways. Yeah, I know, of course. Um, but, and then I love this one, the Chick Busters. Mm-hmm. Did y'all see what it says? Yeah. Pops by day, dancers by night. Yeah, I was like, oh goodness gracious. Are they supposed to be... Um, I didn't. It, there Exotic wasn't dancers? much other information Did out there. Did someone make this? This is very bad. Oh yeah, that's why oh, I put okay. it up there. Yes. Okay. Um, I had a feeling, but this was actually part of a promo too. What? Yeah. Because oh, it said w- Yeah. Because it, it has graining. their logo on it. Mm-hmm. It's so crazy. Look at the graining on their names. Yeah. It's really okay. But I do have and to also say, it was on their Facebook page. They have a Facebook page. The oh, Chickbusters has a Facebook page, and that's right. on. You know, you gotta tag your friends get some yep. discussion started mm. i have to say i know caitlin is not the focus right now but that hair she has that extreme under that people did for a couple years in the yep. late 2000s i never that's got like that black underneath white blonde on top and it is very christina a, aguilera oh dirty face yeah christina dirty. aguilera yeah. Which i is thought like, you were gonna say very christina i was like no i just said i didn't do it <laughs> no ex tina yes ex yes tina yes. Mm-hmm. yes 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 yeah um but once again big fan of aj lee's look right Love the the green plaid is so cute it's yeah. very sporty and very functional that's and then just it has a real a sports, sports stripe too mm-hmm. with it which i think is really great i would mm-hmm. wear those shorts yeah those are cool shorts i'm a big fan of it yeah very cute yeah so they did chick busters and then mm-hmm. here we go Uh-oh. girls some things that happened oh no <laughs> in late july aj began a brief storyline on nxt redemption as the girlfriend of hornswoggle oh yep oh no yeah and um there was a feud with maxine because they both wanted to fight over hornswoggle's love what yep and there's like promos of them both kissing him and like the other cheating and so that's how she and maxine started to feud Oh boy! To clarify, this was firmly in the era when the the women's championship belt was the divas championship. Yeah, with the butterfly. Like, yeah, glittery butterfly. The pink. The pink. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. So this is like we're in the we're in the dark ages of women's wrestling. Yes. Firmly. Yeah. Pretty. Pretty evidently. Yes. Um, also, in just like treatment of people in general, because Hornswoggle again, really. Yeah. That's some dark shit. That is so wrong. 
<laughs> in so many ways. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, on SmackDown, she was attacked by Natalia, who turned on her protege and allied with Beth, Beth Phoenix to form the Divas of Doom. <laughs> I love that. It was so great. <laughs> it was actually really great. I um, really like that a lot. They both look the exact same in the photos. They're just like ripped women running after them. Cool. Um, by November 2011, AJ was placed in an on-screen romance with Daniel Bryan. Uh-huh. Oh. Who won the World Heavyweight Championship the next month and developed heel traits. Despite AJ's declaration of love for Brian, Brian avoided saying he loved her in return. Oh, I love that. How nice. And then on January 13th, 2012, listen to this. While accompanying Brian for his title defense, she was accidentally struck by Big Show and carried off on a stretcher as part of the storyline. She returned on February 3rd, preventing Brian from being attacked by Big Show. And in March, Brian started actively acting verbally abusive towards AJ, but she stood by him oh what God. in what way do you know mike like in i mean i was it like I, you're I, a dog vince mcmahon style or was it i don't i don't i don't know i mean this was i wasn't watching at this time but mm. i would assume if it was daniel bryan he would have been a professional about it yeah i think but also it's not gonna come off great yeah i'm confused because daniel bryan i know i'm i love him I know. I'm sure it was with with the writing, and he did it in a way that they were like, whoa, he's verbally abusing. You know, like mm. that type of shit that the WWE does. Mm. But who knows? Yeah. Oh, well, I- All right. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so, Brian blamed AJ for his loss of the World Heavyweight Championship and ended their relationship. AJ made multiple attempts sure. to mend their relationship, <laughs> but Brian spurned uh, her and left her distraught. As a result, she attacked Natalia and Caitlin when they attempted to confront her. I honestly, you guys, when I'm heartbroken, I am like a damn bear. Yeah. So, yeah. if you try to comfort me, I understand this. I will comfort you. So, listen to this. So, as an attempt, sense to after me. this ha- happening, they marked her character transition to mentally unstable. <laughs> oh, boy. You know, a woman scorned. Yep. So, AJ <laughs> turned her affections to Brian's rival, CM Punk. Yeah. And oh. WWE title, list of this, she and her... And had romantic things with Kane. <gasps> the mayor? Yes. <laughs> Damn, it sounds like Kane gets around, dude. Yeah. So I um. I didn't watch her romance with CM Punk, but I watched it with Kane because I was like, I'm sorry. How do you kiss with that hair? Like, how does that happen? So it just takes off the mask that comes with she, it. In the match, no, no, he doesn't take off do the Kane mask. Soon. I know. Like dibs on that. Uh, yeah, okay. Fucking dibs all right, on that. Right, thank you for calling. Yes. Mine would be an hour and a half. Yes, <laughs> yes. I will 100% do it. So in the match, it's her basically distracting Kane. So, But she kisses him and she like, does the bachelorette wrap her legs around him? The jump? Yep, the mm. jump. And then when she's kissing him, he's just like, He's like Frankenstein who's getting Frenched. Like, it is exactly like that. And his hair is just all over, and he does not move his mouth. He's just like there and she's just like kissing him and they're like oh look at that and then they just comment on it yeah (laughs) oh my god the commenters are yeah so funny consistent we'll talk about that oh yeah yeah god just yeah yep so then 
Because of that and with CM Punk, Brian made advances on AJ in an attempt to influence her. However, she focused her attention on Punk. Enraged by his disinterest, on July 2nd episode of Raw, she intervened um, his match and shoved him along with Brian through a ringside table. Yes! After they made amends, she proposed to him, but Brian countered with a proposal of his own. <laughs> Punk rejected Wait, her... Wait, he proposed to CM Punk? Amazing. Progressive. She did, yeah. Punk rejected her offer and she slapped both men. At wow. Money in the Bank on July 15th, as a referee, AJ counted Punk's pin, uh, pinfall on Brian, resulting in a successful title defense for Punk. As Punk celebrated over fallen Brian, AJ was left alone. The next night, Brian proposed to her again, uh-huh. and she accepted. Honestly, the era of on-screen weddings in the WWE is... So weird. No wonder David's Bridal was so successful. Like, I just have a feeling they bought all of them at David's Bridal. Every kiss begins Begins with with Kane. Oh, Oh, that is good. Well, it was just. I'm done. I'm leaving. Yep, that's when you just. I'm out. You walk away. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Um, So then (laughs) it just continues for a while. But the best part is during the exchange of vows at Raw, AJ announced that WWE chairman Vince McMahon had offered her the job of Raw general manager. And she left Brian at the altar. Unbelievable. Yep. Um, So then her on-screen authority role began on July 30th, where she alleged that Brian was only wanted the legal leverage to have her committed and forced to an to undergo his own psychological evaluation. Wait, 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 wait. So, so, so Dan, Daniel Bryan wanted to have legal leverage of her. To marry her, basically. Oh, so this is literally, they just did Beauty and the Beast, where they're like, Maurice, he's mad. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So he only married her so he could put her in an insane asylum? Basically. This is... <laughs> the optics are out of control. <laughs> yeah. I... This is... I cannot believe... How much money what do you think... year was this? I mean... 2001? No. 2011. 2011. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. Wow, we are... She's the same age as us. Mm-hmm. So, 2011. What was 22. that? We were, we were was early 22. 20s. Yeah, yeah, 23. Good Lord. Yep. Yeah. Ooh. So, yeah, well, her wedding whole... dress is fine. Yep. Uh-huh, how, David's much, how much uh, money do you think they they spent on, like, awnings for these fucking weddings? Oh, like, those? Like, those little, like, Those gazebos. were in the prop house. You those are the... definitely in a prop house <laughs> that, At still. the Ikea? Can it's you, a, it's do a you think you can track one down for your wedding? That will be part of mine. I will find... <laughs> I'll find the one where I'm sure Kane has a wedding with someone. He has several. Yeah, so I will find that. I'll, I'll find that one. Oh, my God. We should just do a wedding special where we run through all the WWE weddings. Before my wedding, yeah. yes, we're going to do a yeah, WWE. Yeah, we're going to do a wedding great. special. Love That's brilliant. Yes. Okay, so now let's talk about the women's diva champion. On August 26, AJ interrupted the aftermath of a match between the cast of Total Divas and insulted them. Mm -hmm. She later vowed to defeat every member of the cast and enlisted Tamina Snuka as her bodyguard. Throughout the remainder of the year, AJ successfully defended the championship against the trio of Brie Bella, Naomi, and Natalia at Night of Champions, Brie Bella at both Battlegrounded and Hell in a Cell, and Natalia at TLC. She also 
uh, captain a team at uh, Survivor Series in a traditional seven-on-seven elimination tag team match against the entire cast, but her team lost. Um, so I watched the promo for this and she just like shit talks all of them of Total Divas and is like, you're making money on TV. You're not even wrestling, like all this stuff, which is, I'm not into it at all. I was like, this is a, this is a bummer of a storyline, but that's what Divas Champion was all about. You know, that butterfly belt and just causing drama t- between all these women in mm-hmm. weird ways. But this bottom one is all of them about to take on the Total Diva Girls. That's very fun. Which and is so they cool were called look. the non non divas, the non total mm. divas versus the total divas. Okay, I also have to say, so we have a p- pictures of her in like some cropped tees with like a logo of hers. It's yep. a rib cage shaped like a heart, and that's a cool design. That was I what like she. It. That was like her her final look, basically. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's it looks, a good look. It's cute. I like her boots. Yeah, yeah she's, she's got fun so She boots. wore like skater. She wore Converse All Stars. Yeah, and then she'd have jean shorts and a little crop top on she's cool yeah i like her look she's a badass she looks so like she's skipping she in, does she skips in they said cute. they did that in uh, fighting with my family yeah oh yeah and then in january 2014 aj became the longest reigning divas champion um at the time after feuding off title uh, contenders cameron and natalia renewed her on-screen rivalry with smackdown general manager vicky guerrero mm-hmm. who first uh, forced her to defend the divas championship in a 14-woman match at wrestlemania AJ won the match on April 6th, marking the first time the championship had been contested at a WWE's flagship event. Mm. Isn't that crazy? Wow. That was 2014. Wow. Oh my God. Yeah. The next night on Raw, AJ challenged the debuting page to an impromptu title match and was defeated, ending her then record reign of 295 days. Nice. So that's what we saw in the movie. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And then upon her return on June 30th, AJ switched to a face role and was no longer accompanied by Tamina. She challenged Paige to an impromptu rematch and won back the Divas Champion. And what happened is it went back and forth for a good while. And then um, their storyline was then intertwined with that of Nikki and Brie Bella at the behest of Stephanie McMahon, who granted Nikki a championship opportunity. Mm. A triple threat match ensued um, on September 21st, where AJ became a record-tying three-time Diva Championship. Mm. Her feud against Paige uh, concluded with a victory at Hell in a Cell in October, and she changed focus to Brie Bella, whose sister, um, Nikki Bella, whose sister Brie was involved as her personal assistant. Mm. <laughs> so it kept on going for a while. There was like another TLC, all this stuff. Then she had to take time off because of a pre existing neck injury. God, Great. the neck injuries are so scary, man. Yeah. As Paige said during the QA, tuck your chin. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So this is really interesting. Mm. In 2015, Mendez criticizes WWE's treatment of its female wrestlers, stating they receive only a fraction of the wages and screen time of their male counterparts, despite having generated record-selling merchandise and several top-rated segments. So what happened was Stephanie McMahon and Vince both retweeted Patricia Arquette's speech about fair inequality and Mm -hmm. she said Stephanie McMahon your female wrestlers have record selling merchandise and have starred in the highest rating segment of the show several times damn yeah that's fucking rad yeah so she like straight up called them out for it that's great which I was like, that's pretty amazing. Very, very cool. Yeah. So then they both retweeted it and said, I hear you. 
like look forward to what for what's to come hmm. and they basically were like okay with it on like mm. in public is what was the deal so then aj returned on march 2nd episode of raw saving her formal rival page from an attack by nikki and brie bella and aj and page allied allied together to defeat the bella twins at wrestlemania 31 on march 29th a six-woman tag team match the next night on raw wound up being her final match as WWE oh. announced her retirement from in-ring competition on April 3rd. Mm. In her memoir, Mendez stated that the permanent damage to her cervical spine and the fulfillment of her goals led to the decision. Oh. Plus, mm. one of the things also is her husband is CM Punk. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. So there was a lot of bad ties yeah. with WWE and CM yeah, Punk. Yeah. But also... A lot of people say that because of her vocalness of all this stuff mm-hmm. led to her retirement. So then it's her final match. So as you go through all that, I wanted to wrap up by this. So she was called, a, her name was the crazy chick. Cool. Okay. So Mendez, um, her character is prominently associated with her mental unstable gimmick used during her time in WWE. This persona labeled the crazy chick caused Mendez to feel that she was hiding in plain sight due to her bipolar disorder. Oh, wow. Her diagnosis was not publicly disclosed until the publicity of her memoir, nor was WWE aware of her condition, they say. Okay. Uh, Mendez was diagnosed with bipolar disorder around the age of 20, a condition her mother suffered from. She had previously experienced adverse effects from a misdiagnosis of depression and overdosed on antidepressants and painkillers. This event, which she considers a suicide attempt, caused her to seek proper treatment and the right diagnosis. She credits a condition for giving her the bravery to achieve her goals. Wow. Yeah. And so I wanted to end like Felsky does, Christina. Mental illness is the real villain of the story. We gave it all the power and we have to take it back. Holy shit. Yeah. So if you go through all that and you're like what they pinned her as basically, the crazy girl, in her mind she probably was like, I mean, this is the only way I can get through it, but it also fucking sucks that this is the storyline that they gave me. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that was so in um, Fighting With My Family, she is played by Zelina Vega. Mm -hmm. And um, I was talking with my husband about that. And he's like, oh, yeah, she's not on good terms with the WWE. She said that, like, she hopes the movie has great success, but she's not going to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she does not view the way that they treated her. They treated CM Punk. like, And his stuff also has to do with, like, he was really badly injured, and they kept pushing him to mm-hmm. continue on, and he could have died because he had, like, a, like a, I think it was, like, a spinal node or something. Oh, God. And they were, like, he, they kept on being, like, no, you're fine. You'll be fine. All this stuff. And she was the one that was, like, no, please go get this checked out. And I think that they, as a couple, just were like, we're fucking done. Like, we were both treated like shit in this world, you know? And I think it's shocking that there aren't more people like that. Yeah. And also... Considering, like, the things that we've talked about on this program, just, like, our base knowledge is just, like, it's shocking to me that not more people are like, fuck this company. Or also that they're not more aware of, or they don't talk about 
the like mental strain on it. I mean, now Total Divas is definitely like Total Bellas is talking like Nikki talks about her anxiety mm-hmm. and she's like, I'm in therapy and she's dealing with stuff. And you're like, I know it's not just about relationship stuff, like being on the road, doing all of that, working so hard, being like viewed as just a sex object like that has to be really hard on your self-esteem, your like mental health and mm-hmm. stuff and so. your sense of identity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I sort of think, speaking to your point, Christina, I I think uh, the reason why more people aren't vocal is because it's like for a long time it was it the WWE like was the industry. So that was all it was. Yeah. Yeah. Like even people trying to make their name in the indies would be like former WWE star doing whatever. So I think it was really I think a lot of times people got caught in like, well, I can't publicly say anything because this is my only source of income and they can sort of squash people and they they still do yeah well, i just thought i, I think thought that's it was true of really every industry oh no i mean i, I, I think it's like yeah. I, I think that answers your question why more people no you're right yeah global. it's just like every industry and it's yeah. really interesting like being part of the like wanting to be more part of the entertainment industry to have to hear this about you know mm. something else that we're fascinated in now as well to be like oh okay they're oh, all yeah. alike <laughs> i mean i do think that the the power dynamics of the world are shifting. Yeah. Um, and that's why we're all stressed all the time. Yeah. So absolutely. But I thought it was really interesting but, yeah. to be like, okay, well, yeah, I should do AJ Lee because we saw this movie and we don't mm-hmm. know anything about her. And then like to hear all mm-hmm. this is like, wow, this is exactly what we felt about the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she refuses to see it. And like, that's it's so really true. interesting. Good choice. Uh, Great job. Thanks. Yeah. That's she's good. fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, the more things change, the more they stay the same. So let's talk about Mandy Rose. All right, let's talk <laughs> about the transitions. Um, <laughs> right. This I really yeah. So we're gonna get into it. I I have some gifts here of of her just being Mandy, but I really wanted to point out this one gift I have that's from Total Divas. That's just like her smiling, and then this pan over to Paige looking completely deadpan and unimpressed oh. by her, oh, which I think great. is very funny. Mm-hmm. So. Mm. Oh, I should have looked up how to say her name. I'm sorry. Sakamano. Uh, Amanda Sakamano was born on July 18th, 1991. Cancer. Westchester County, New York. Yeah, so she's a cancer just like me. Admittedly, the similarities end there. (laughs) Um, Which is very obvious looking at this slide. So she's the youngest of four children, and apparently her childhood nickname was Hamburgers. Yeah. Which I love. No no explanation. I did not seek it out. I wonder if her screen name was Hamburgers 1991. That would be so cute i bet it was you know what i didn't look into it more because this was a real safe search on for this whole research process Mm. and i gotta tell you i felt weird Mm -hmm. um so uh amanda majored in speech pathology at iona college which i think is very cool so a little personal anecdote my mom was a speech pathologist for many years it's Mm. a really cool profession i think it's really undervalued i think Mm. more people should study it because it helps a lot of people yeah Mm. Um, so good for her, all of which is to say she's smart. Mm. Uh, she started competing in fitness competitions in 2013. So like basically right mm. out of college. Uh, she won Whoa. first place in the World Bodybuilding Fitness and Fashion Boston show. And she was crowned the 2014 World Beauty Fitness and Fashion Bikini Champion. Mm. So as soon as she started competing, she started winning. Mm. So I have some pictures from her bikini modeling days. Um, she's stunning. She's yes. mega in shape. Um, she 
one of the things that I think is pretty cool about her is that she's very visibly physically fit. She's mm-hmm. not a, a tiny mm-hmm. person. Like she's short, but she's not like, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and she's got like broad model shoulders. Skinny. And yeah, stuff. she's yeah. very muscular. No, she's strong as fuck for sure. Uh, I don't think I will be posting any of these pictures because. We don't want that type of... <laughs> no, like, power to her. Yeah, These absolutely. are from her website. Um, they're out there. You can find them. The male gaze. Mm-hmm. We don't want it. Also, you guys, we only get to choose three. We do. Yeah. You know? But also, I pulled these because you can see the difference in her styling. Mm. So, she was styled quite a bit differently back in the day. Okay. She looks quite a bit different back in the day. So, from there... Uh, Amanda got into wrestling. Um, it was unclear to me how that started. I think it was probably just a natural offshoot of her fitness mm-hmm. uh, competitions. She competed on the sixth season of WWE Tough Enough, which mm-hmm. is where Velveteen Dream got his start to a lot of other wrestlers. Mm-hmm. So she adopted the ring name Mandy Rose there, and she ended up coming in second in her season. She's so beautiful. She's she gorgeous. Is. So after Tough Enough, Mandy signed a five-year contract with the WWE, and she debuted on NXT in January 2016. So this picture in the middle is a, a picture that was taken for an interview with her um, while she was on the reality show. Mm. So you can see her pretty made under just like kind of a gym shot she's she gorgeous she's stunning yeah she has beautiful bone structure she's got a very like classic hollywood look which mm. is something that they talk up in like her wwe press materials too mm-hmm. uh but then i have a picture of her from um tough enough where you can see her original costume which really is like it. <laughs> it's kind of nuts it's like a sports bra top with some chains in the middle yeah and some armlets that have glow in the dark weird neon green on them it's like navy blue and neon green i'm not sure the color scheme is the best but it's an interesting it's for when she's running at night she doesn't want to get hit by cars yeah the reflective tape i actually like that top and i you both laugh so i think you don't but i like it it's not my favorite it's not my favorite um she has other stuff that i like better and then on the left is what Mm -hmm. she debuted in on nxt Mm -hmm. it's all gold lame it is basically a bikini Mm. um with some like arm guards Mm. is very oh, the shiny kind of cool. gold. Yeah, yeah, the arm guards are kind of David's bridal They're like netting, like illusion netting yeah. with some lace on them. But the top has like flower detailing on it and it does look very Grecian. Mm. It does. And that's because she is the golden goddess. Got um, it. Um, which they take very literally with her because she is quite tan. Yes. Quite blonde. And uh, they really contour her a lot. So I think she appears very different in the WWE than She's how like she looks statue. in real life. Yeah, like they yeah. really Also, she make throws her actual lightning, which is amazing. <laughs> so, I mean, th- that's cool. <laughs> no one has that move. No, it's her finisher. I yeah. don't know what it is called. Uh, in late 2017, Mandy joined Sonya Deville and Paige to form the trio Absolution. <laughs> Hmm. Which is a funny name to me. Hmm. I'm pretty sure the first time we saw her was in the Women's Royal Rumble in January 2018. She was wrestling before then, but that's kind of around the time she started getting more of a solo push. Mm -hmm. She was kind of just around as part of this trio and it's kind of like a sidekick for a while, it Mm -hmm. seems like. So we got to talk about her entrance a little. Mm -hmm. I'm going to link to it in the show notes if you're not familiar. Mm -hmm. Her theme song's called Golden Goddess. It starts with her whispering Mandy. (laughs) And then, like, 
the whole screen goes soft focus and she enters to like 80s style like porno sacks mm. and she like poses on the side of the ring and stuff and it's pretty long and the whole time Corey Graves talks about how hot she is yeah. and like how they all need to shut up and just bask in her glory and he called her God's greatest creation which she has co-opted into one of her like things but he's just like Christmas came early and like just like makes all these cum jokes and uh it's really a lot. The, the one that I found is a Christmas show. Mm. So it's Christmas themed. It's not even double entendre. It's just single. Mm. Uh, but we'll link to it in the show notes so you can get an idea of how she's announced mm. and talked about. Um, which is really something. She's waxed within an inch of her life in this photo. She certainly is. <laughs> saying. So you can see, I have a picture of her with Absolution. And the, the costume she is wearing here is her usual costume she kind of varies cool. it up a little it's mostly gold she does gold and black a lot but she wears like kind of booty shorts she'll have like forearm guards and she actually is pretty covered up um compared to some of the women that we've yeah. seen there it's not even quite a bikini top it's a little bit bigger than that mm. so she's a little bit more covered up it's more like a sports bra mm. but it's mostly black and it has like gold detailing on it that's kind of leaf shaped so there's mm -hmm. a little bit of the like greek goddess thing again they started giving her like the very blown out hollywood waves mm. she's always got the lashes pop in mm -hmm. they really like bronze her up and like make her really glowy on screen mm. she's very striking mm -hmm. when she enters too like she does really glow mm -hmm. and then i have um her entering from the royal rumble uh where she has i've seen her wear this a couple times but she wears it less it's like a a one shoulder mm -hmm, kind mm -hmm. of sports bra top with more like scroll work on it. It's a little bit like sparklier. I think it has I like sequins. I like it more personally, yeah, but yeah, she wears it less. Yeah. So mm. yeah. Just Her saying, entrance you, is a thing. If you're top heavy and you have like a regular bra size on, I think it makes it bulkier than mm -hmm. if you're doing something like the Very one true. strap. It looks yeah. more like a nursing bra than mm -hmm. it needs to. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she has shoulders. Yeah. She's a weightlifter. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, oh, okay. <laughs> Storyline wise, um, there's some drama with absolution and its eventual dissolution, but I wanted to talk about her current storyline, mm. which is a feud with Naomi. Mm -hmm. So a little bit of background. At WrestleMania 34, uh, Mandy was in the Women's Battle Royal. Naomi eliminated her and ultimately won. And this was, I guess, the basis for this uh, storyline in which Mandy was so butthurt, she decided to flirt with Naomi's real-life husband, Jimmy Uso. Mm. So the stated intent is to get them divorced mm -hmm. so that uh, Naomi will suffer. Mm. The way she talks about it always like, she's not into Jimmy, really. This is just a good way to get revenge on Naomi. Mm -hmm. So, some things that the storyline has involved. The two women insulting each other on Twitter. Sure. Man I mean, that's base, right? Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, Mandy sending Jimmy photos of her in a towel. Mm. Mandy coming into the ring during matches she's not in, wearing an Uso shirt as a distraction. It's kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Mandy sending Jimmy a note saying she's been a naughty girl and needs to be locked up in the oh, Uso penitentiary, no. complete with the key to her hotel room. Oh, no. Naomi showed up in this little skit mm. <laughs> to find her dressed in lingerie mm. and they fought, um, which I have some pictures of here. So like Jimmy went in first to be like, I'm a happily married man. And then Naomi showed up and they had a fight. Mm. Um, 
So obviously people have a lot of thoughts on this whole angle. Uh, I have a bunch of things I'm going to link to in the show notes. There's concern that it plays into some uncomfortable stereotypes about women of color. Yeah. Yes, it does. Thank um, you. Yes. So there's that and some of that is also in the language that she's used on social media yeah um there's of course the notion that it's regressive in general yeah uh and also apparently this comes straight from vince mcmahon Hmm. who really wanted to give her a solo push so there's also the impression that it is coming from the male higher-ups at the company Mm. So, on the flip side, not everyone has a problem with this. On the flip side, some fans think it's better than some of the storylines in the past that have involved women in, like, love triangles and whatnot because it's Mandy being a villain and her stated intent is to be a villain, not necessarily to be in a romantic relationship. We have a friend who thinks that, too. Yes, that's why I brought that up because Mm -hmm. it is... And that's not just him. Mm -hmm. I looked online and a lot of people are like, this is no big deal, it's a storyline. The thing I keep getting hung up on is gays. Mm. Who is this for? Who is this by? Because I certainly never want to shame a woman for being comfortable in her beauty, Mm. being comfortable in her body and her sexuality. Like, never. But you know it when you see it, right? Mm. And when I see all this stuff and the way she is presented and talked about, I wonder how much of it she feels like she's in control of Mm. and it's very very hard to say given the track record of the company Mm. and what is an opportunity to her too yeah this is her first solo push yeah so there's very much a chance that she's going along with it because she sees an opportunity Mm. to become a solo performer and a lot of everyone across the board whether they think this is a good angle or a bad angle says she has improved tremendously since she's been given the opportunity to wrestle more yeah. So Ugh. she's getting something out of it for sure. And but still more power what, to her if she can. Yeah. But at yeah. what at what cost? How comfortable is she with it? It's yeah. difficult to parse. It's a really beautiful way to put it. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So because I feel like there's so many complicated things about this, I went looking for what she said about it. Mm. And she actually just gave an interview on Valentine's Day to the New York Post. Oh. I'm going to link to the whole thing. I didn't want to read everything. Mm. Yeah. It's totally the entire thing is worth reading because she gets into a lot more than just this. But I wanted to have some quotes from her about totally. it. Mm-hmm. So here's what she said. You know my character. I'm obviously that sexy hot bombshell that no one else is. And I feel like it works with me and I feel like we're very careful and I don't want to push that envelope too far. Obviously we, the women of the WWE, have come a long ways. What we want to do is entertainment and you know I'm really enjoying our story. And I think that it gives me a lot of different opportunities and showcases my character. So it's been a lot of fun. I kind of like beating up Naomi. So it's been a lot of fun. And then she was asked about how she feels about how Corey Graves talks about her when she makes her entrance. And she said, he says Mm. a lot of valid, true points that I'm sure a lot of guys are saying when they see me on TV. It's only normal. I'm not really faced by it. I think it's great that he's always complimented me and talking about how good I look. He knows what he's doing. So I'm flattered, just like, you know, any other woman would be when a man talks like that about a woman. Leaving that for a second, because I took a lap when I read that one <laughs> around my apartment. I actually just thought I need to get up and leave. I know. Yeah. I almost just went and got my water yep. bottle. So, but that's what she said about that. She also talked a lot about how she's used to being judged for how she looks and she feels like she always has been. Um, she doesn't want to rest on them in her wrestling career. She specifically mentioned Trish Stratus, 
saying she's an amazing performer, a great sports entertainer, but yet she just looked really good doing it. That's the best of both worlds, and that's where I want to be, and I think I'm on my way there. So I encourage everyone to read this interview and really come to your own conclusions about it. This is what she said. All we have is what she said about it. My feeling when I read it, it falls so perfectly in with the company line Mm -hmm. that I still feel like I can't parse what is her saying Mm -hmm. these things and what is her recognizing an opportunity and taking her opportunity. And again, I can't fault her for that, but I honestly don't know. I'm sure some people are flattered about someone talking constantly about how hot they are. I, my I'm not a bikini though, model, like, so I haven't had that, but I would not be flattered by yeah. that personally. My question is also like, in articles like that, are they still trying to create the kayfabe? Yeah, exactly. Is right? this her being Mandy Rose talking about it, of being like, because the way she's saying, really I'm question. hot, I'm, I know I'm like that, and like, it has that dialogue of Mandy Rose. Yeah, I mean, it's so difficult to like, parse the layers of it so then I like I (laughs) safe search on I went on her Instagram yeah just to like get a sense of it and her Instagram is really interesting um because again that's controlled you know it's her official account so Mm -hmm. it's still a work thing but her Instagram is pretty much all pictures of her makeup and pictures of her working out it's not anything particularly seductive or like sexual yeah. on there. It's kind of a normal girl's Instagram. Yeah. Um, so that was just interesting. Yeah. I thought, again, just like all things out there, it's really difficult for me to like peel back the layers of this onion. But and like, like how much PR was involved in that article? Yeah. How much? Like, because I really, I do wonder that. I mean, mm-hmm. especially after seeing Fighting With My Family, like. With The Rock speaking as The Rock. Yeah. Yeah, and also just the way that they controlled so much of it. Oh, oh, like. of the then actual it's like, mm-hmm. of the How film. much yeah. do they really control the other sideline stuff, yeah. too? Like, I think the headline of the article is, Mandy Rose knows it's a risk bringing sexy back to the WWE. Mm-hmm. It's, the it's whole thing risk. is like, <laughs> it's just not but a it's, risk. it's like, yeah. So her whole thing feels so like Trish Stratus, like the women we've talked about in the past before, that it's just really difficult to parse. So that all being said, I thought I would leave yeah, us with the, the like, the, I like fighting with Naomi, beating up Naomi. Like, um, I get, but yeah, I get that. I though. get that of like mm-hmm. the wrestling. She's like, yeah. I like, I like Naomi. I like mm-hmm. working yeah. with her. I think that was actually the most normal thing yeah. she said personally, just cause. Yeah. Uh, well, out of the quotes I pulled and I pulled the ones to talk more, to focus to our yeah, discussion totally. today. She says a lot of other things in there. She also talks a lot about her friendship with Sony Deville and they're actually, best friends in real life they do like cute youtube videos together where they go like try different donuts and stuff and like they're very cute i pulled this picture of them from their social media i think that's so the character then if that's the case like yeah because like this is a candid i also think that we the three of us share a very specific viewpoint yeah we do Mm -hmm. on this that i think a lot of women in our demographic do um, and I want to talk about this, I think, more off yeah. the microphone. Yeah, totally. Because um, I want to use examples that I don't want to use right now. <laughs> um, but pretty much, like, I do think that there is definitely a huge part of the population that does like being catcalled. 
It just means that it's not uniform and that's why you shouldn't do it. And also it's fucking scary. Don't fucking do it. Yeah. But I do also know that I've gotten in arguments with family members, with other people I know who do take it as a compliment. Yeah. It's just the whole point is that because there is no one experience, no one has the same experience living as anyone else. Mm -hmm. So because of that, we should all just try and be a little more considerate. Can we just be nice to everyone? Just and be nice to like, everyone. Except exactly. for Vince. Except, except for Vince, Vince McMahon. McMahon. Except for Vince He's McMahon. so mean to him. He's trash. Um, but no, just like it's because there is no shared there is no shared experience. There is no one way of doing anything. I get it. And I'm not trying to I, in no way am I trying to rag on Mandy no Rose one, I'm not, at all. I don't think yeah. we're saying oh, that. Oh, I know. Yeah. yeah I no, but clear. I mean, just like in the sense of like, that's why I'm really happy that we're talking about this in this way to be like, yeah. yeah. It just it. I, I think the reason why I felt the need to take a lap is just because that rhetoric is yeah. feels like internalized misogyny in such yes. a very specific way mm-hmm. that I've again I've gotten in several arguments about this and I think that everyone kind of has because right now in our culture we're trying to parse through exactly what how things are going to look moving forward absolutely with with sexual politics with all these different things which is awesome and so great but there's also growing pains and it's fucking hard yeah, yeah. it is and, and there's so, learning and there's yeah. evaluating again and again exactly right? and, and like we have to go back and continue to reevaluate and reevaluate and it's exhausting but it's like the most worthwhile work we can do um but yeah i just think that it's interesting that she's saying this and my knee-jerk reaction was like well that's internalized misogyny that sucks but then i thought i was trying to like kind of think through it a little bit more Mm -hmm. and just be like no because some some people like if you're someone who's super into fitness and making yourself look good like regardless of your reasons for doing so like of course you'd want to be complimented on that if like your whole life is weightlifting and shit like you want people to be like oh wow like she's she's been in this world in one form or another for a long time yeah and i just think the over sexual like the the stuff that Corey graves said that's just inappropriate well yeah that's inappropriate across and that's kind of what's different to me about it it's like again that's why i want to talk about her is like Mm -hmm. gaze and intent because and I think if you look at what she does versus what really any female superstar on the roster does right now, the way she is presented is very different than the way anyone else is presented. Yes. Even though she is, once she's in the ring, doing the same things. Yeah. And that just, I think, is like really interesting, worthwhile discussion. Absolutely. So I hope, my hope for Mandy is that she gets something out of this and that she feels fulfilled by what she's doing because again ultimately we can't decide what's what's right for her but it's certainly interesting that the wwe is like dipping their toes back in the water of this type of presentation and becomes let's say that she gets better at wrestling because of this yeah and has a new persona at some point or doesn't but continues to kick ass as a woman doing it on her own absolutely and i also do think that um just real quick with these characters and with the way that wwe selects archetypes that the sexy female art and like you know devil in the blue dress type shit is always going to be there oh yeah like it's just because terrified of female sexuality that and also (laughs) because it's in the same way though that like uh they have like the sexy male character yes you know we have the this character we have the that we have the freak character we have the insane woman it's a stereotype yeah and it's gonna be there it's always they distill it down to the base essence and so i feel like that's also kind of where she comes to play and it's good that it's just one character and not the whole fucking roster 
right? Yeah. Yeah. Great. No, I agree. So some more heavy stuff, guys, but I guess let's just see what happens. And please do click through and read those pieces because yeah. a lot of people uh, who have spent a lot more like uh, full time on this, like have, have some really good things to yeah. say. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to take a left turn. Hold on. Do we, do we want to do a deep breath? Hold on. Yeah, let's... <gasps> Boy. All right. Let's let all that shit out. Because we're going to talk about Eric Bugenhagen. Oh, my God. I am so excited. Yes. Okay. So this dude is in... Sane. Um, so he's brand new on NXT and he more or less came out of nowhere. And I have a couple summaries that I just copied and pasted from Uproxx and Loudwire because there's a bunch of articles that are just like, Eric Bugenhagen is the new face of NXT. We love him. I want to suck on his dick. Like all that stuff. And so wow. Uproxx <laughs> Uprox said, if you missed the episode, I might not have the correct words to describe the man. Imagine if Joey Ryan and the Young Bucks were all one dude. Imagine that Enzo Amore was jacked, put on Marty J gear and pretended to be heavy metal Van Hammer. Oh, except for the Enzo part. I mean, Enzo sucks, but it, it, yeah. yeah. Uh, Loudwire. Eric Bugenhagen is your annoying 70s rock friend dialed up to a thousand, so unashamed of his maddening antics that somehow he becomes endearing and ultimately a part of your crew forever. The only way Bugenhagen's gimmick could have worked was with 110% commitment, and he stuck the landing perfectly. Oh my gosh. I... Katie, have you seen him yet? I mean, describe what we're looking at. Okay, I'm going to. I'm telling you about him. So, Eric Guggenhagen... Came out. Did you watch it yet? No. I okay. Like to so marry he, this man. So he came out to fight Drew Gulak. I'm gonna wait because the next screen is a is a gif. Um, but basically, he's wearing like patchwork, almost Zuma pants. He is 100 percent wearing Zuma pants uh, with fringe, and they're like it's bright green, bright blue, random patches, like no real rhyme or reason in terms of how it's. It's sewn like together. Bailey's outfit. It's exactly. yeah. It but is for like someone Bailey's who outfit. needs to wear Bailey's outfit. Yeah. yeah. But for someone whose whose character matches up to yes. the level of odd that those mm-hmm. pants are bringing. Yes. And so his whole character <laughs> I think what I said is exactly what we are looking at. Oh my um, gosh. And so we're going to go through like his everyone I went stuff. to App State with. I straight oh up my gosh. He's from Wisconsin and he was from Milwaukee. He's from Franklin, which is very close to Milwaukee, but he's from Milwaukee and he he went to Madison and he was like a wrestling dude. We're going to talk about that in a second. But I want that like so he grew up wrestling, he did all that shit and he just came here like out of fucking nowhere in a lot of ways. Anyway, we'll we'll go through. Show me that gif. Let's again. go through the whole thing. Here's the gif. It is a gif of him playing Drew Gulak like a guitar. Oh my god. <laughs> so oh my all right. gosh. So who is this dude? Right? Born December 1st, 1987, Sagittarius. Unsurprising as fuck mm-hmm. to me. Uh, and I'm, We're only three days away from each other. Yes, you are. Katie, okay, keep going. you're going to love him. He's an American professional wrestler, bodybuilder, former power lifter, and former amateur wrestler currently signed to the WWE. He was born in Franklin, Wisconsin. In high school, he was a two-time wrestling champion, and then he attended the University of Wisconsin, where he majored in kinesiology and history. That's kinesiology. 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 Very hot. <laughs> kinesiology. One to six. Um, <laughs> he competed on the Badgers wrestling team as a heavyweight and served the team as its strength and conditioning coach during 2002. He was also a four-year letter winner in college and ranked among the top 10 U.S. amateur wrestlers in 2011. While at Wisconsin, he, they placed fourth in the country when he was starting, and it was typical for the team to work out 
out like three times a day. And so they had a slew of different strength and conditioning coaches that all had unique styles, which is why his wrestling style is kind of like an amalgamation of all that shit. This is quite frankly, all of the information I have. I asked Mike who I should do this week to be like short because I didn't have that much time to do as much research as I typically do. And straight up, there's not much on him. Like, Can, honestly, uh, there isn't. So Kyle and I watched this episode of NXT because Kyle will always watch it like the next day. And mm-hmm. I was like getting ready to like go to my ballet class. And so I was kind of checking in and I- We contained I'd, multitudes, like, yes. Yeah, so I was like <laughs> just walking in and out of the room and he made his entrance and I like came and like turned around and like sat down and watched the whole thing. And both Kyle and I was like, Kyle, who is this? And he's like, I don't know. I'm like, have you ever <laughs> seen him before? And he's like, no. And we both just like watched in total silence and then looked at each other and were like, I love him. He immediately went over at the crowd. People loved him so much so quick what's up mike oh he's kind of like the the wrestling version of you remember that like future islands performance where they just kind of had that one late night performance that men talked about for 20 years yeah it's the same exact thing with eric bugenhagen yeah (laughs) that is such an apt yes thank Mm -hmm. you thank you for picking up your microphone to say that because that's so true it is that future islands performance he's like a mix of like when he was coming into the ring it was so funny because he comes out and he's like doing this neck like raise thing which is backstage he says that's his way of being like getting himself pumped up for it is he's like i start getting crazy in my shoulders and then i do it and then he goes out he does that he does the air guitar he plays air drums he does air like keyboard he does all of that shit and he's just going nuts and drew gulak looks disgusted and one of the announcers is like this is so disgraceful how dare he and someone goes what's your problem with fun man (laughs) and it is so funny and so basically like he goes nuts and the crowd is at first you can see in the audience everyone's smiling but they're smiling with a complete like who the fuck is this what the fuck is happening there's a guy in the front row who's just like kind of stunned also doing the air guitar with it yeah like getting into it as it goes he's wearing a little knit cap Mm -hmm. yeah and so his entrance was just super crazy he lost to drew gulak like pretty quickly but he did play him like a guitar at one point and then drew gulak comes on the mic and is like <laughs> what like, the you fuck sent me was this that? Clown? Yeah, yes. he was like, he was like, uh, you sent me Ben Stiller from Dodgeball, which is also great because he great has ref. that mustache. Yeah, yes. he does. He is totally like, truly. So many of the guys that would sit on the grass, not go to class. Absolutely. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. They would slackline. Like, I'm sure oh, he's yes. a good slackliner. Slack yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. well. I'm not sure. So, so we're, we're gonna we. I did find more information because he did some articles when he was just a weightlifter, and so I have some shit. Uh, so Bugenhagen debuted for NXT originally on October 19, 2017, in a match that he lost to Lars Sullivan. And then what did he do from 2012 to 2017? Because as you'll remember, about 10 minutes ago, I said he finished school, and you watched a lot of videos. I watched um. <laughs> He made a crazy powerlifting YouTube account, of course. <laughs> mm-hmm, he can mm-hmm. lift over 300 pounds with one arm. Oh, and no. And 1,000 pounds when he's using all of his muscles. I, okay. I watched him do it. There is a compilation video that is so fucking crazy. We'll put it into the show notes where he's just lifting stuff and screaming. And it is so funny because it's in his like dank ass like wisconsin basement basement. and he has a wife and a child who are probably upstairs and he's just 
screaming lifting shit. He drinks a gallon of whole milk every single day. Oh my God, oh my that God. makes me gassy to, thinking about to it. To get the calories necessary to train and is into unconventional training stuff like eating cloves of raw garlic. He's known <gasps> worldwide for his nutso videos and he basically howls like a psychopath, like I said. And he also has a small white cat that he does this weird high-pitched metal scream thing at and I love it. It's so funny. He like plays, he like has Instagram videos of him playing the guitar. New boyfriend? And then looking over at the cat going, you! It's like, it's so nuts. Um, what? I don't know. This just sort of feels like we'd all be at a bar and Christina would come up with this guy being like, so this is Eric. Yeah. And we would be like, oh, he seems cool. He's from Wisconsin. Um, This is not my, this actually isn't my type at all because he's too, too buff. Yeah, I'd be worried he would hurt me, but he's too, he's, yeah, it's too much. Yeah. Um, also, barely, because he's your very grocery hot. bill list would be insane. I, whole milk? Can you imagine? Whole milk and garlic, his farts are bad. Yeah. <laughs> More no, than but his he, farts. he only, he doesn't eat fast food. We'll talk about it. Uh, but here he has, I, I basically screenshot a bunch of his Instagram, which is like looking like a young Brock Lesnar. Nice. And then him at Wisconsin wrestling, and then he's dressed up as a. Uh, oh, the Ultimate Warrior. Ultimate Warrior. Oh, wow. He, and he also, on his costume that you don't really get to see here, I don't think he did it here, but when he was on X. NXT like off camera he did the uh, ultimate warrior like uh, bicep strings. I think he had those when he came back on at the end for his encore. Oh yeah because they did an encore. We'll talk about it. Mm-hmm. So he did an interview with the website All Out Athletics as a weightlifter about his YouTube account. So here's Eric in his own words. I started lifting when I was 11 years old mainly because I had an older brother who beat the crap out of me on a regular basis. I then became very involved in wrestling from the ages of 12 to 26. I was always lifting for a bigger purpose to establish physical superiority over over others to win ultimately my training was driven by emotion as i got away from wrestling my training suffered i didn't have that pressure to keep getting stronger and more conditioned i needed to find a way to keep training for some sort of purpose around that same time I started posting videos on YouTube, mainly to track my progress and keep a visual training log. After a few videos, I started to gain some subscribers and people wanted to see me progress. I regained that sense of purpose and started to feel the pressure, the pressure to get stronger every single workout, which is why he can lift a thousand pounds. Oh my god! It's because his whole thing is improving his PR, which is personal record, in every video. Um, And here's some more pictures of him wrestling. He's wearing those dumbass pants, but in like a different color scheme. (laughs) It's like the zebra crazy, basically like that zebra gum that loses its flavor real fast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's Where you, have, you could do the tattoo on your tongue with it. Yes, yes. Um, and he has, like, regular black boots. And then his hair is pretty crazy and long now. And he wears, like, a headband. And the, he was announced as, like, Freddie Mercury meets blah, blah, blah. Um, so. Whoa. Whoa. His, yes. So this is where I'm, like, what, is he gay? And he's not. Because he looks like Freddie Mercury in this, but ripped. Yeah. Um, and this is him serenading the feline video and flexing <laughs> on the children. He's His Instagram's great. I followed That's him. That's very funny. He's Both very of those cute. pictures are very funny. He's very cute. He's very funny. Um, so basically, he says... Whether it's feeling good, tons of energy, aggression, or pissed off, fuck the world aggression, I appear so mentally unstable in my videos. (laughs) As silly as it is, it's how I need to act in order to really bring it out every day. If I act like Mr. Chill during my workouts, I'll never progress, and that's not okay. I view every single workout as a stepping stone to a better future. I'm not happy with my current position in life. Don't get me wrong, I love my wife and my daughter, but as far as my role in society, I'm nothing. That's not okay. This is before wrestling. (laughs) It's not okay. I don't believe in an afterlife. Therefore, this is it. I have one chance to do something 
meaningful. And even if that means act like a psycho while lifting, then so be it, because at least it inspires people. So I do think that that quote has a lot to do with why he came out with just like so much energy and so fucking nuts, because he was like, who gives a shit? He's like, his whole thing is about being positive and like trying your best and like working hard. And I think that he felt very i mean he said this he feels he felt very rudderless for a long time and i think that's something that's super relatable and like and so when he comes out with that kind of positive energy and um i don't know it's just it's interesting yeah this is the hottest photo of him i'm going to post it he's wearing a backwards hat and he has a mustache i his his dumb that's a wisconsin tattoo basically over his heart it's just like a skull and crossbones um and then this is him wearing a miniature apron as a shirt and the caption was why wear a tank top when you can show off your back muscles in an apron anyway that's funny um he also like every day when he goes to train he drinks a whole pot of coffee um and then he's hilarious he might honestly be and he he, like loves music and he thinks it's a gateway to someone's soul and he has his best workouts when he's stressed and when he's like happy he has bad workouts so i don't know how it's going right now oh god probably pretty bad but he said he when he feels the most at ease his workouts aren't as good um just saying and okay so now back with his history of the wwe bukenhagen wrestled solidly under his own name throughout 2017 and then took a hiatus i'm not sure if he was injured or not but he was like off for a year um and then he came back under the name rick boog an abbreviation that reminds me of rick flair because it's spelt the same way but that's unconfirmed um he wrestled on november 30th 2018 in a house show during cassius ono and then did a bunch more through mid-january and then premiered under his own name once again on february 6th 2019 against drew gulak which is what we've been talking about um he's not the one that we saw at the show no no no, it's the bro yeah he actually challenged drew gulak after the match um but yeah i haven't mentioned this yet but i think that he kind of looks like the ultimate warrior meets hulk hogan but just really goofy like Mm -hmm. a goofier version of that kind of like 80s wrestler like this feels like a callback like to that era to me yeah he's got the definite like insane cartoon size Mm -hmm. that like we haven't seen for a while because Mm -hmm. they're not doing steroids anymore which is not where his obviously he's like lifting trucks or whatever yeah but yeah yeah, he's got that similar type of of bod but like the real version yeah Yeah. he's very hot but not my yeah it's like Um, too much here he is doing so he got an encore during um he got an encore because everyone was chanting for one and so he came back out and just basically did an air guitar performance again with the female announcer what's her name mike do you know she's in like a red dress it was the encore is one of the more awkward uncomfortable things i've ever seen because this woman Mm -hmm. is wearing like eight inch heels like i don't know six inch heels and she's trying so it looks like someone who like it she's like a girlfriend at like a show yep that mm-hmm. doesn't like show. the type of music that's playing but mm-hmm. she's trying so hard to like be supportive yep and so she's like doing it half-assed like well i don't really hates it feels uncomfortable and is like kind of shaking her head a little it's such a bummer i hated it i don't think she knew that that's what that was going to be it i think it was an impromptu sucks. thing and they're like call him back out and then he like was like you have to do this with 
me and yep. she was like god damn it and she looks miserable the whole time and she's it, having a great time he's having a great time but i couldn't i couldn't stop watching her because i was like oh god this sucks like stop mm-hmm. and then she would like stop doing it and like just laugh and clap and then have to start doing it again it was terrible um he also screams very high pitched like he's in a uh like a 80s power band which is very funny so um a couple of things here he is a dad like i said and he posted a picture from like 2016 when the baby was first born that says look like i found a new way to do weighted pull-ups and i think it's very cute that's very cute and then also on august 5th 2016 he took a photo of himself and he posted at wwe at wwe nxt at triple h at stephanie mcmahon what will it take for me to get an official tryout i'm a former division one wrestler who was ranked top 10 in the country in 2011 i was a greco Roman state champ, so I know how to throw bodies. I'm over 6'1, 240 pounds, and I possess a contagious intensity that is unmatched by any other. I love that because three years later, he's on the fucking show. What? And yet, when we're at a movie screening and a guy asks the same question, we're so mean to him for wearing a cowboy hat. It's not because of the hat, and you know it, and we're being, <laughs> we're being kind, only mentioning the hat. You know we're being kind, only mentioning the hat, Mike. You saw that man. Did he look like this? No. No, I actually got too too embarrassed and I had to walk out of the Q&A. Yeah, it was did. like so intense for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I know. I'm saying I'm being nice mentioning the hat. That was the least of the problems. Okay, so from All Out Athletics, I'll sum it up with this uh, as I love to, which is this was like part of their question, but they said this about him as a weightlifter and I think it's applicable to what we've seen thus far. Uh, your intensity and mentality has pretty much flipped the norm on its head and you instilled inspiration and motivation in lifters of all ages. You've given people a glimpse of hope that the perceived limitations of the human body is only as restrictive as your imagination and in turn, if you believe you can achieve Yes. Him so far. Really excited to see what he does. Oh, yeah. You got to watch the intro. It's super fun. I'm definitely going to. It's just very fun. Like, there's no... And I do think... I I think, like... uh, And maybe this will be part of my final thoughts, is that... (laughs) Yay! um, Yeah. But part of final thoughts is that uh, I do think that right now in the world, as we've discussed, there's so many different... It's so turbulent, and there's so many different, like, changes that are happening. They're good and bad, and blah, 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 blah. But I think that's something that we're looking for is this level of sweetness. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's coming through an entertainment. It's coming through and everything where we're just looking at people are just looking for good things. And I think that this is he's coming at the perfect time. Yeah. Because I think that he is like a, an infectious sweetness and like excitement and jubilant. Like it's just super joyful. And I think people are looking for joy more than they know they are absolutely and so i think that's kind of where he comes into play yeah Yeah. i would agree i love him what a fun one yay he did some good research this (sighs) final thoughts gift looks like the start of a slash fiction Mm -hmm. it's uh drew mcintyre and finn grabbing finn Mm -hmm. they're both pretty sweaty Mm. this is a good gift yeah we're we're getting zoned yeah into the gift all right we gotta keep going uh well guys we have come to the end of quite an emotional journey. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad we, I, I think switching up the slides was a good call. Yeah, Can you imagine if we had just <laughs> ended on Mandy ended Rose? With, yep. Either yeah. one of ours talking yeah, yeah, about yeah. it. Wow. Okay. But good call. 
Um, if you want to see some of the looks that we're talking about, uh, you can find us on Instagram at KFAB Podcast, K-A-Y-F-A-B. We usually post um, a handful of the images that we've talked about today, just so you can get a better sense of, of what they're actually wearing. That's also our handle on Twitter. Please do tweet at us. Yeah. Um, give us recommendations. Let us know what you think. Send us gifts. Yeah. All that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much. And have a lovely week yeah yeah bye and remember be the first you <laughs> <laughs>